Good night, honey. Good night, honey. Oh, after you brush your teeth. Good night, honey. Oh, the baby kicked. Good night, honey. I'll get her. Good night, honey. Good night, honey. How about we just use this little strip across your nose and that'll help with the snoring. Good job. Love you. Good night, honey. Uh, last night, I recorded you snoring. Check that out. Good night. Are you being strangled? Good night, honey. You have, this is my pillow. Um, I'm sorry. All pillows no, are pillows. This is a better pillow. This is this has been my pillow for ten years. This wow. one is your pillow. This one's like a brick. Okay, pillows are pillows. Good night, honey. It is hotter than the sun. No, in here. it is actually it's, freezing. Where did you put the thermostat on? It's no. ridiculous. I'm uh, sweating. Good night, honey. Happy anniversary. I can't believe it's been fourteen years. I've loved them all. Me too. I've lost all feeling in my arm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, praise God. We uh, we start a series today entitled simply "Honey." So, um, praise God. It's going to be a great series. Mark Gunger is going to be here next week. Really, he's phenomenal. Um, the conference will be just exceptional. It will be instructional. It will help couples. It will help anybody that is planning to get married. So it's only $30. That includes a meal. It's a great deal. And uh, we've been talking about having him literally all the way back when we were over at Goldenrod Road. So uh, finally, 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 we are bringing him here. And he pastors a great church in Wisconsin. So we're looking forward to next weekend. Praise God. We rejoice in that goodness. Last weekend was pretty phenomenal. Evangelist uh, Nathan Morris was with us. Uh, it was just an incredible move of his spirit, God's spirit. Um, I wanted to say, though, that if you had any questions about anything that took place in that service. Maybe you're new to our church and maybe that was very different for you. Well, if you do have questions, feel free. Email us this week, info at faithassembly.org. Info at faithassembly.org. We'll try to get right back with you, answer any questions you may have. But we had some incredible reports of healings taking place last weekend. Uh, we rejoice in that. Several that emailed in and we heard about. I know that uh, maybe you didn't receive a physical healing, but you certainly received a ministry of the Holy Spirit to your life. And so that's so important also. We thank God for it. Today, we want to welcome those who are joining us online, wherever you are. We believe that God can speak through this word right where you are, at home, in the car, wherever, and touch your life. Some time ago, and you may be watching today, but some time ago, 
we spoke on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Somebody was baptized in the Holy Spirit online. So God bless all of you that are there. Those of you out in the atrium, God bless you also. Well, this seminar, this conference is coming up next Sunday night, 5 to 9 p.m. It's going to be an incredible few hours together. Uh, we want to give away um, tickets to go. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to ask if anyone that is married has an anniversary today. Today is your anniversary. Lift your hand super high. Lift it super high. It was a, seriously? Oh, where? Are you pointing at someone or are you raising your hand? Okay, because he wasn't raising his, so I'm like, I don't know. It's her anniversary, apparently it's not his. Okay, anyway, are both of you raising your hands? Okay, now, finally. All right, good for you. All right, so, nobody else? Oh, ooh, oh, we got competition. All right, so, all right, uh, let's do this. The, uh, we got to figure out which one of you are, have been married the least amount of years. Okay, um, how does this work? All right, so um, 30 years? No, less than 30? Less than 30. Keep going, down, 25, 20. Uh, no, of those that are today, okay. Um, 20, I'm tempted to just say, go get a ticket, every one of you, but anyway, all right, so uh, 25 years or less, 20 years or less. I'm talking about today, it's been 20 years or less, okay? Uh, 20 years or less? How many? 20 years or less? Uh, 15? Keep going down. 15, 10, uh, 10, less than 10? 16. What's over here? Eight? Help me, Usher. Eight. Eight. That's less than 16, right? All right, so anyway. All right, sorry. We love you. Our hearts go out to you. Um, anyway, happy anniversary. But after the service, go out to the table. They will arrange for you to have a ticket. You've been married 16 years. You probably don't need it anyway. All right, so um, they got their act together. You need help. All right, so anyway. Okay, I'm kidding. Honey, part one. Learning how to sweeten our relationships. We're not just talking to married couples today. We're talking about sweetening our relationships, whether we're married, single, toward our kids, toward our neighbors, toward our coworkers, everybody. We're talking about having sweet relationships. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, my Lord and my God, I ask you, touch every one of our hearts. God, the needs that are represented right here in this building and online and in the atrium, God, we need you. Lord, I pray that you would do inside of us today. Open our spiritual eyes today. Open our understanding 
to grasp things that may be holding us back from having the kind of relationships you want us to have. God, I pray for that one that just can't seem to to bond. I pray, oh Lord God, that you would help them. Today, Lord, their eyes are going to be open. The Spirit of God is going to reveal. And Lord, they're going to walk through a door of change. And we give you praise for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Okay. When I thought of this title and the, or uh, the guys brought it to me, suggested it, I thought, okay, honey, the first thing that came to my mind from a Bible reference was they were going to the land of milk and honey. Then literally, can't believe it, but the second thing I thought of was, honey, I shrunk the kids, all right? So <laughs> how many of you did not see that movie? You didn't see it. All of you, just about everybody in the building saw, honey, I shrunk the kids. It was a fabulous movie. It was really touched my heart. Anyway, and so the land of milk and honey, honey, I shrank the kids. Honey denotes delight because it's sweet and pleasant. I brought some this morning. One's in a little plastic bear. He's upside down. And the other, this is honeycomb. Have you ever eaten the cone that's in honey? Anybody here? It is delicious, kind of. All right, so anyway, but honey is so sweet, I'm going to have a little bit. I feel better already. Okay. Um, It denotes being pleasant. It's uh, just about everybody in this building has some honey at your home. Let me see. How many of you have honey at your home? Okay. Why? Because every once in a while, just putting it on a piece of, uh, of hot toast is just, I mean, it just really makes cinnamon raisin toast, my favorite kind of toast, uh, to put some honey on there just takes it to another level, all right? So, honey, it's uh, sweet, viscid, that just simply means sticky, substance made by bees from nectar. You know, when you think about creation and what God did, what God made, uh, and he thought about honey and bees going to flowers and taking the nectar and uh, making honey and and then us uh, taking it from the bees, uh, and God intended that, or we wouldn't be able to taste the sweetness of honey. And uh, it's incredible the things that God has done for us with us in mind. It's a term of endearment. Uh, Maybe your grandmother calls you and everybody, oh honey, it's going to be all right. We use that word. Honey, I'm home. Or honey, I'm leaving. See you later. Uh, I don't know when it was that I started using the term uh, toward my wife. I don't even remember what I called her before I called her honey. Uh, I just guess I called her Alice. But uh, anyway, uh, when we started dating, I certainly didn't call her honey on the first date. Uh, I took things very, very slow. I didn't even kiss her until about the fifth or sixth date. That's a good thing to do for you that are dating. Okay, anyway, it's too late. Okay, all right, anyway. uh, But uh, I don't remember when I started calling her honey, but... uh, It's easy now, and that's a common thing. How many of you call your spouse honey? 
You know, I have really been shocked today. The earlier service and this one. Uh, I, w- I would have expected almost everybody in this place to have raised their hand. You really need this message. All right, so anyway, I'm just... Uh, how many of you call your spouse babe? All right, a few more of you. Uh, sweetie, uh, hun, that's short for honey. All right, hun. Uh, loser, anybody call your husband loser? <laughs> You're like, no, I call him stupid. And so, uh, no, we don't go there. We don't use those words. Even if you, they ever enter your mind, don't say them. Uh, no, he's not a loser, all right? Or she's not a loser. Uh, beautiful couple I met with several years ago. I mean, just a uh, outwardly beautiful couple. And they come in. They're a young couple. Hadn't been married very long. They start telling me that they call each other these terrible names. And I'm like, what? Uh, I could not imagine him calling her that and vice versa. But when I shared with him, it was like a light went off. It's like, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't do that. And I'm like, yeah. Uh, So I don't know where it came from, but we don't call each other bad names. There's a reason for that. Just in case you do, I have a scripture for you. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24. It says, pleasant words. Ah, pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Pleasant words, not harsh words, not derogatory words, not negative words. Pleasant words are like honeycomb. And it says sweetness to the soul, sweetness to the mind, to the will, and to the emotions. Sweetness to our emotion. We just immediately, when we hear pleasant words, Uh, It affects us emotionally, mentally, and even in our will. And it says, it is health to our bones. So today, I want to challenge all of you to strengthen somebody's bones, all right? Uh, And bring sweetness to their emotions and their mind by speaking pleasant words over their life. Well, in order to have success or sweeten our relationships, first of all, we got to love ourselves. And not everybody in here loves yourself. How do I know? There were times in my own life that I didn't like myself. And uh, Alice is going to come later and share a testimony, and uh, she experienced the same thing. There are some that you really don't love yourself. Years ago, when I first heard or read that we should love ourselves. Literally, I was like, boy, that, that sounds kind of carnal. Uh, and yet, when I came to understand it, I'm like, of course you've got to love yourself. You love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength, and you love yourself. You cannot love your neighbor. You cannot love your spouse like God wants you to love them. You can't love anybody like God wants you to love them until you love yourself. And yet, some of you came up in a family where you were pushed down, you, were, you felt unloved, you even told people, I don't, I don't think my parents love me. 
Years ago, a young teenager said to me, my mom doesn't love me. And I said, why would you say that? I knew this mother. I knew she loved him. And he said, well, if she loved me, she wouldn't have thrown that can at me. She got mad at him. And uh, she had several boys. And so, yeah, she threw a can of corn or whatever it was at him. And uh, he took that. And the enemy built a nest in it and on it. And so years later, he was saying, she doesn't love me because of one little thing. But God, when he steps into our lives, will help you love yourself. I want you to walk out of here. Every person in this building, if you don't love yourself, I want you to walk out of here and say, I love myself. Uh, you come to this altar and say to God, God, I'm not leaving this altar until I love myself. Because I want you to walk out of here and really love people with the love of the Lord. Say amen. All right. Well, this is a challenge across the spectrum of relationships. A lady showed up in divorce court wanting a divorce. The judge asked her why. She said, I don't like my husband. The judge said, yes, but you took him for better or worse. She said, yes, but he was a whole lot worse than I took him for. And so <laughs> we are, and I'm, we're going to put this on the screen. Where are we supposed to learn how to deal with relationships? Where we're supposed to learn relational skills growing up in our family. But a lot of us grew up in dysfunctional families where we did not learn relational skills. How to express anger appropriately. Everybody's going to get angry but how do you deal with it? Even the Bible says, be angry, but sin not. So we deal with that emotion scripturally to release it from our life. We forgive people that made us mad or whoever it was, a business or whoever. We forgive anybody that has made us mad. Or how? In the family, you should learn to how to resolve conflict. Uh, there were four girls two boys in my family. Uh, we learned how to resolve conflict. My mother said when Daryl and I were young, we fought all the time. We resolved conflict. And uh, one time, yes, I hit him in the head with a shovel. Uh, hey, he seems to still be okay most of the time. And uh, no, I talked to him yesterday. He loves God with all of his heart. He loves me. He's never brought it up. I brought it up, but he's never brought it up. Uh, we, uh, I don't know what he did, why we got mad at each other, but one time I shot him with a BB gun. Uh, it didn't kill him. Now, it stung him a little bit, but uh, it didn't kill him. We resolve conflict the right way boys should with BB. No, I'm kidding. All right, so anyway. Uh, six kids. Mom and dad in a three-bedroom house with a small bathroom. You've got to learn compromise, okay? You've got to learn how to get along. And so it's supposed to be in the family. But even in our family, there was some dysfunction. And no doubt in yours the same. You learn how to communicate. 
when you were hurt and not hold that hurt inside of your life. Many of you in this building, myself included, many of you did not learn everything we should have learned. Our parents were not aware that they should have been talking to us. Uh, Mom was working, six kids, she was busy. So they should have been talking to us. How are you doing? What's going on? When they saw us sad, help us resolve that sadness, whatever's going on inside. Relationships as are much more vital than most people realize. The evidence is overwhelming that the better our relationships are at home, the more effective are our careers. In other words, if we can't get along at home, it is going to impact the success of our jobs and our career. So God help us to clearly see this morning, we want to have a sweet inner life so that we sweeten others. We are good at getting along with people. There's always gonna be somebody that doesn't wanna be gotten along with, but may God give you wisdom to pray for them, to bless them, to do them good, to not ignore them, but to do everything you can to sweeten that relationship. Well, how are you gonna learn to do this? I like what I uh, read about Dennis Amenis. Maybe some of you don't even know who he is. But Dennis Amenis was standing in a corner in trouble again. And he yelled at his parents at the top of his voice saying, if you were raising me right, how come I'm getting into so much trouble? There's a lot of truth in that. Uh, God help us. And I know parents, there are good parents, wonderful, godly parents that their child goes astray, at least temporarily. I know that. You can't blame yourself. You just got to focus in on your kids. Those of you that have them, focus in. Let you under, uh, hope you understand that your words, your actions are going to tremendously impact their lives. Mother Teresa, when she received the Nobel Peace Prize, was asked, what can we do to promote world peace? Her response, go home and love your family. Today at Faith Assembly, how can we promote peace? Go home and love your family. Love your children, love your spouse, Love your neighbors, love your coworkers, and peace not only will reign in your heart, but that peace, that sweetness will impact their lives also. It's been said, home is where we go when we're tired of being nice to other people. Because unfortunately, sometimes we're nicer to people outside the home than those inside the home. We need to have healing of our soul. Let me give you the basic definition of our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Put it on the screen, if you will, guys. Our mind is what we think, 
Our will is what we decide and our emotions are what we feel. So typically, what we do, what we decide is directed either by our minds or our emotions. Many people just, somebody does something, they react emotionally to what's been done to them or what happened. They react only emotionally. Others react according to their mind and their emotions. But the problem is, if our mind has not been renewed, and then our mind is helping to control our emotions, then God help us. That's why the Bible tells us that when you're born again, you need to renew your mind by the word of God. Everybody in this building that's been born again, if you have not renewed your mind by the word, you still have problems in your mind. You still think contrary to the word of God. Maybe when you first got saved, in your mind, you thought, I don't love myself. But then you start reading the word. And the word says you're the apple of God's eye. You're a royal priesthood. I mean, God loves you. He cares about you. He doesn't want you putting yourself down ever, never, ever. I told this story years ago when, when I first came to this church. I had a somewhat uh, positive yet mixed negative opinion of myself. Anytime when I did something wrong, I thought that made me look bad. I really came down on myself. And one day in front of about 70 church people, I did something that I thought made me look stupid. And that day I walked across the road at, over at Goldenrod and I said, how stupid could you be? Stupid, stupid, stupid. You're just stupid, stupid. Anybody have caught? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> and all of a sudden, literally, it wasn't an audible voice, but it might as well have been. The Spirit of God came down on me, calling myself stupid. And the Spirit of God said to my spirit, don't ever say that again about yourself. You are my beloved in whom I am well pleased. And at that moment, God changed my thinking about myself. And I've done some things since then, maybe a whole lot uh, more of a bigger mistake than that was, but I've never to my remembrance called myself stupid again. You know why? Because I'm not stupid. And the mind now transformed by the power of God. I love myself. I do not think I'm stupid. I think positive thoughts. There are those negative thoughts that may come through, but we cast those down in Jesus' name. Amen? So no matter what you thought about yourself before you got saved, maybe you even thought you were ugly and you said many times before you were saved, I'm, I'm so ugly. Why couldn't I be pretty like that girl or that guy, good looking like that guy? Why? Now you're saved. Don't you dare call yourself ugly. Can you imagine God who made you and thinks you're beautiful, you look in the mirror and say, well, bless God, I am beautiful. 
It doesn't matter what anybody else says. First and foremost, it matters what God says about you. And then he can change your mind, what's going through your mind. Well, the emotions, the mind, the will could be described as the foundation of our lives. You know, when people buy homes, they usually pull up, they look at the home from the road, and immediately, uh, it's okay, or I don't like that, or uh, I love that. And even if they don't like it, they may say, well, let's go inside, look what it's, see what it's like inside. They walk in, they look at the kitchen, oh, it's beautiful. They go to the bathrooms, oh, the bathrooms, look how gorgeous the bathrooms are. The layout is wonderful. But no one, hardly ever, maybe never, says, uh, the cabins, cabinets are beautiful, the kitchen's beautiful, the living room. But what about the foundation? What about the foundation? No one hardly ever says that. Uh, seldom, at least. Maybe, maybe there may be some cracks in the block outside the house, which may indicate a problem. Maybe the inspector finds it. Maybe they're so pin-like he doesn't even find it. But hardly anybody said, what about the foundation? When we meet each other, it's like looking at a new house. We see each other. We observe what we're like on the outside. But we don't see the foundation. You marry somebody. That's why you need to pray a lot before you marry somebody. That's why you need to give them a, a, a questionnaire like 500 questions, uh, references. You, they need references, all right? Their pastor reference, their former employees back about 20 years. You need to give them. Every single person in here will give you an application, all right, if you need one, if you don't have one. Forget this five-question stuff. Forget it. 500, that's what you need, all right? So you see the outside but you don't see the foundation, what's on the inside, how they were shaped as a child growing up, what was said to them, the damage done to their soul that may yet have been not healed. Now it can be, and that's the good news, but you need to know what you're getting into if possible, and God will give you the grace. God help us. There was a couple some time ago that bought a house. It was beautiful from the road. They walked in, it was gorgeous. Layout, wonderful. They bought the house. They moved in, oh, not too many months ago. And one night they were in bed and all of a sudden they heard these popping sounds, popping, popping, popping. And it frightened them both. He jumps out of bed, goes running to see what is going on. And finally, finally, after all that popping, he hears, he finds where it's coming from, and he sees on the floor tiles popping on the floor. Unbelievable. Now, they've been told in the area that in the way in the past there were some sinkholes, so immediately he's thinking, do I run, get the kids, grab my wife, get out of the house? A sinkhole is gonna just take the house under. What do I do? What did he do? He didn't know what to do, so he Googled it. That's what he did, all right? So 
when you don't know what to do or how to do, you Google it. And so he, he found all these videos of wasn't sinkhole, the foundation as it was contracting or expanding, the tiles, whoever did the tiles did a lousy job. And the tiles were pressing against each other, making this terrible noise. Well, that would have been a grave concern before they bought the home, but now it's something that God's going to give them the grace to deal with. So I'm not talking about excluding anybody from your relationships that may have some issues. You just need to know going in how much grace is going to be needed to handle those, if at all possible. Well, we try to treat problems with surface solutions. We try to treat anger issues with anger management. Think about it. We don't want to manage our anger. We want to get, if we've got deposits of anger, we want to get rid of them. If we have daddy issues, we want to get that issue taken care of in our relationships. And there are all kinds of problems that we deal with and have and have experienced, but this whole thing about daddy issues, maybe the problem is this, that somebody is out doing wrong because there's anger inside because dad wasn't there or he was emotionally absent. Maybe, maybe he's not even thinking consciously but subconsciously when he's beating somebody up. The jails are filled with men who either didn't have a father figure or he was in and out of their lives or non-existent emotionally. And some of those guys, good guys that don't even know why they did what they did. Well, God help us today to make sure, to make sure that you and I are at a place in our walk with God that whatever we're dealing with, the righteousness of God comes out. The truth of the matter is, if you don't deal with the stuff inside, people are going to do things, say things, and all of a sudden, it's going to come out. But if you and I allow the Holy Spirit to deal with what's inside, then people can say things, they can do things. We may initially react negatively, but then... No, we're not going to do that. Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. Uh, see, if you were to come up here, one of you guys were to come up here and, and just slap me, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm not going to slap you back. That's what security is here for, all right? So they, now, they may drag you out of here, all right? But I'm not, I'm not going to slap you. And I'm going to tell them, be nice with him as you drag him out. All right, so, no, I, they, they're not here to do that. But I wouldn't slap you back. Why? It's not in me. And if you slap me on the other cheek, now I have to admit, I'm not going to be happy about it. There's going to be a little part of me that's going to want to punch you right in the nose. 
while the security guys are holding you, I'm going <laughs> to... There's a little tiny part of me, but I'm still not going to do it because that part of me doesn't exist anymore. The kid who hit his brother in the head with a shovel is gone. The 17-year-old, when the kid was moving in on his, trying to talk to his girlfriend who went to his house to confront him, and when the guy said, well, next time bring your gun, and I said, I got my gun in the car. That kid doesn't exist anymore. Thank God he doesn't exist. Let me tell you what God can do. When I drove up to his house, I was going to rip his face off. And I drove up to his house. I didn't have Jesus, but I did have a gun. And when we, I mean, it was terrible. We got into this crazy argument. That day, later that day is the day that I poured out my life to Christ. I gave my life to God. God came into my life. I mean, transform me. How do I know? I'll tell you how I know. The next day, when I left her house to go to work, I saw his car coming. And literally, I before God Almighty, I waved at him. And I felt feelings of love, literally, toward this guy. That's impossible without I, Alice, I would have turned around, had my gun, you know, I would have turned around, but literally I drove on to work, my God, what Jesus can do in your life, thank God forever. Now, Alice and I got married, and she tells her own story about some things going on in her life. Yes, hallelujah. When Pastor and I met, I had made Jesus the Lord of my life, and I was riding high in the clouds with Jesus. Everything was great, love, peace, and joy. And so he even, he even told the whole church, um, if any of you think that we should not get married, come to us. Let us know. Nobody came forward. It was great. We got <laughs> married. A um, couple years into it, we had our first child, and, you know, the pressure started coming on, and um, different we had another child with, oh goodness, quicker than we were planning or right, yeah. So things, things started getting in the pressure cooker and I started reacting in ways that was not very lovely at all. Um, I, I felt a lot of anger, depression, just all kinds of things. And um, we didn't know, we didn't know the things that we know now. That was 40 years ago. We had no clue of what could be causing this type of reactions in me. And many times, there were a couple times I ran off in the bedroom and said, just leave me alone. Don't talk to me. And he didn't know what to do except for just to love me, just to love me. And many times he didn't, he didn't know what to say. He just stood there looking at me. And I thank God for a man who, who was gentle and kind because I probably would have, if I'd married any other kind of man, it probably would have ended up in divorce. Even having Jesus in your heart, there's still things that have to get resolved. There's still things. It turns out that... Um, 
through a lot of prayer and, and um, the Lord leading different people in my life that were able to help me, I uh, realized that it was because my parents hadn't been saved and they, they really didn't know a lot of things. They did not get saved until, um, until after I was saved. So um, my dad, my dad, they did a great job. They were they were wonderful. They, they had six children, and they did the best they could without Jesus. So my dad um, was a very kind and gentle man. My mom was very strong-willed, and she used a lot of words that weren't very kind. So we all suffered from that. And uh, I, I, I would feel just like nothing a lot of times, just, just rejection and, and just worthless. And so I had to forgive my mom for those words and things that she spoke to me. And um, the Lord brought healing to my heart as I released. And many times I would share with my husband the things and different situations we had been through. And, and he just patiently listened. That's an important thing is to find someone who will listen to you, somebody that you can really, really trust. So God Thank you, Jesus, for all that you did in our lives. It was pretty amazing. It took several years to get everything worked out, and I'm just so grateful, and I've been able to help so many people since then who've had those same kind of things going on. So there's nothing too hard for God to do, absolutely nothing. He wants to bring healing Praise to your heart. He does. Yes, and it wasn't that I was perfect, that was for sure, but I was a little more spiritually mature at that point in our lives, or at least I thought it was. So uh, let me just say, look, you never know. When you look at someone on the outside and you think, oh, look at them, they're, they're beautiful, or they're so this and that, and, and you think they got their act together, that person may hate themselves. That's where you and I come in. We know Jesus, we allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives. And then we're able to speak into other people's lives and help them deal with the issues. Pleasant words uh, impact their souls and their bones, their literal being. So you and I can make an incredible impact on other people's lives. You would have never thought in a million years probably that there were times that she just didn't want to live. And there have been times that maybe all of us have thought about not living. And then all of a sudden we're like, no, I don't think I want to go there. All of a sudden, the Spirit of God says, no. There have been times in my life that I, uh, suicidal thoughts would come in. And then you've got to put those things down in Jesus' name. Because those are lies from hell itself. And so we don't go there by the grace of God. But for people that have those kind of thoughts that don't know Jesus, that's another story. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, Holy Spirit of God, Jesus, Jesus, you love these people so much. Those watching online, you love them so much. Those out in the atrium, you love them so much. And God, you didn't stop loving us just because we had some issues. Your love wasn't cut back because we had some issues. God, your love has always abounded toward us.
You loved us in our mess. And you loved us through our messes. God, move upon every heart in life here. God, there, were, there are people in this building that have been, who have gone through more than, than we could even imagine. But God, you're the healer. You're the one that can step into our minds through your word and your spirit. You can step into our emotions so that our actions by our will are godly and righteous. Holy Spirit of God, do it, I pray today in Jesus' name. First of all, if you don't know Christ, it's impossible to love yourself, much less love someone else. I'm talking to even your wife, your 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 children, your husband, you cannot truly love them with an agape love because you don't have agape love in you. If you don't have Christ, you love them. But to move it to another level, to love like God, that's a whole other issue. I loved my wife through her problems because agape love was in me, not because I was a good person, but because Christ was in me. And you can do the same. So across this building, if you don't know Christ, if you're, you don't have a relationship with God, in a moment, we're going to invite you to this altar area. And then for those of you that are believers, and yet the foundation of your life has some issues. A man told me after the first service, he has like five boys. He said, Pastor, I had all kinds of pockets empty spaces in my soul but over the years as I've heard the word as I've been in the word those empty spaces have been filled and I rejoice thank God and the same thing can happen to you starting today stand with us please all over the building stand with us Pastor John's going to lead us in a chorus and when he starts to lead us in this chorus listen if you need Christ I'm challenging you to come to this altar you don't know what you're missing. You're missing agape love. You can finally love yourself in ways like you could never imagine. And you can love others in the same way.